What does it take to live in the presence of God as one of God's people? It takes holiness. Let's take a look at verse 2 and see how the verse outlines the Holy One. The one who lives blamelessly, practices righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in his heart. Do you live blamelessly? In your walk, do you adhere to God's laws? Let's just focus on the first of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. This includes our work, our hobbies, and our families. Do you worship or put other things before God? Now, God also commands us to remember the Sabbath, to rest even when it feels like there's so many errands to run, so many people to take care of. We can't have wayward eyes. Our hearts should not wish to murder, to covet, or to hate. We need to do no wrong. We can't have favoritism towards others with wealth or towards those who just look like us. We must live blamelessly. Now, Shar and I foster two cats, and our cats don't live blamelessly. Not only have I caught my cats in the middle of destroying our furniture with their sharp teeth and claws, but I've also seen evidence of their mischief. Boxes and containers sprawl on the floor where they're not supposed to be, shredded cardboard and even their loud meows and growls. I'm sure if you have cats, you, you know what I'm talking about. Not only, not, maybe you're convinced that you do live blameless, but when you look around you, are there not evidences of blame littered throughout your life? People who were hurt by you, white lies you told, goods, trophies, idols you treasured more than you probably should. It's hard to live blamelessly. And it's not just about not doing anything wrong, but doing what is right. The second verb is to practice righteousness, and that is an action. You can't just lock yourself up in the room, not interact with people, just eat and die, hoping that you never sin against God. Although, you would be sinning, but you get my point. You have to do what is right. When you run your own business or work with cash, it's a very real temptation to report your taxes unfaithfully. I currently don't have a job and recently got married. And I was very tempted to report myself as a single income so that I would qualify for Medi-Cal. So I could save money on paying for insurance. Now, I talked about that extensively with my accountability group and we went back and forth on that and what the right decision was to do. And uh, the right decision is to file joint and to say that we have an income as a family and that I don't qualify for anything and I have to pay for insurance. Now, that's pretty surface level. To practice righteousness goes even deeper than that. To do what is right is to stand up for justice, to give cheerfully, and to love that hard-to-love neighbor that we reflected on so much last week. Now, children, as you get older, you'll find that people are quick to lie to get what they want. Your friends will tell you, come on, just tell your parents you're going to go study at the library, and we can go play outside. And they'll never know. <clears throat> and they might be right. Your parents might never find out. 
but God knows. And we need to do what is right, because God is righteous. So I challenge all of you children to continue to do what is right, because it is a good thing to do what is right. Finally, David says that in order to live as a citizen of God's land, one must acknowledge the truth in his heart. This truth is the law of God written on our hearts. Now, we all have a moral compass telling us what, to, uh, telling us what is right and what is wrong. Although our moral compasses might differ between you and me, what's in our hearts is supposed to point to a definite, sure truth written in this book that we read out today. So when David says that one is to acknowledge the truth in his heart, we are to acknowledge the law of God. And in other translations, this word acknowledge is translated into the word speak. We are to speak out or outpour this truth from our hearts as well. So do we speak the truth in our hearts? Sometimes our hearts waver from this truth or this truth gets clouded. The Holy Spirit works in us to uncover this truth and reveal it to us. But God also places a very particular and special group of people around us to clear up this cloud. In the local church. Members of Bethany Baptist Church. We are to speak truth to one another so that the truth in our hearts might become clearer. And that we might encourage one another to speak the truth, practice righteousness, and to walk blamelessly. What about those who don't believe in Jesus? If you're not a Christian here today... You still have that law written on your heart, and you are actively choosing to reject it. Listen to what Romans chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 have to say. So when Gentiles, who are not by nature, have the law, do what the law demands, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their consciences confirm this. Their competing thoughts either accuse or even excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept secret, according to my gospel through Christ Jesus. In other words, your conscience, your heart, your moral compass is accusing you of what is right and wrong. If you are not doing what God commands us to do in the law, you will never enter the presence of God. And if we can't live in God's presence, then we deserve hell. We will be in hell. We will be forever separated from God. This is what it takes to live in God's presence. Are you discouraged? Are you frustrated or maybe even offended by this call? When you reflect on your own life, do you feel like, man, I can't live up to that? I think about how I live my life, and even this past week, these past couple days, I failed to live blamelessly. I've sinned, and so have you. The standards that God gives his people are too high. But God is rich in love and mercy. We couldn't do it, but he sent someone who could. Jesus acknowledged the truth in his heart, but he was called a liar. He practiced righteousness, but was accused of lawlessness. He lived a blameless life, but died a criminal's death on the cross. He knew his mission on earth, 
to glorify God and to do his will, and he did it. While the Israelites had to follow a strict protocol to approach God, we do so freely through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He is our great high priest who invites us into the presence of God. We freely worship, clothed in garments of white, because Jesus' blood spilled for our sake. And if you're not a Christian here today, repent and trust in Jesus. You will never measure up to the standard of God. You need to believe this and put your faith in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Cling to this hope. That the standard of holiness that God places on us is placed on Jesus instead. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior because he is the only way to be holy before God. If you continue to reject this invitation to follow him, you will eternally suffer. Now I want to make this very clear. We can never be holy enough to save ourselves. And the more I learn and meditate on scripture that points towards God's standard for holiness, I continue to feel smaller and inadequate. But Christ was perfectly holy. The main point of this message today was to be holy. But I want to add a very important addendum. Be holy because he was holy. We are not called to be holy in order to live on his holy mountain. But we already are citizens. We have that promise that we are citizens of this holy mountain if we place our faith in Christ. And you can be sure that as you live blamelessly, practice righteousness, and acknowledge the truth in your heart, you will never be shaken. As we wait for the day when this citizenship becomes our perfect reality in the new Jerusalem, look to Christ, who is our great high priest, who intercedes before us so that we can dwell in God's tent, so that we can live on his holy mountain. Let's pray. <coughs> holy God, we tremble before you and we melt away as we think about how holy and mighty you are. And we can never meet your standards. And woe to all who hear and reject you. But you, gracious God, sent your Son down to us so that we might. May that truth resonate in our hearts. And may you help us speak it even more. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.